Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 is back. Tuesday edition is here. And the crew is all here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Ready to go. John McClain joins us in an hour. We will preview the NFL draft with the general himself. Uh, Looking forward to that. Coming up in about 30 minutes, Birmingham Stallions head coach Skip Holtz will be calling into the show. And we'll chat with Birmingham's coach about the big-time USFL kickoff, which takes place uh, this Saturday on a simulcast with Fox and NBC. It's Birmingham against New Jersey as they kick off the inaugural season of the new USFL. Uh, Coach Holtz joined us whenever I was down for the draft. He's as energetic and just full of uh, fire about this league. We'll get his thoughts now that he's had some practices and has his feet wet with the rule book. We'll ask about uh, the virtual first downs and much more. That's coming up in 30 minutes from now. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Looking forward to talking with Coach Holtz. Looking forward always talking with uh, the general, the man in black himself, the legend, the Hall of Famer, John McClain. I'm curious to know from Skip Holtz, the balance of going into a first game where you're in that game that's simulcast on two networks and wanting to put on a good show yeah, and wanting to have a good broadcast around it and wanting to make a good first impression while also being a football coach and a competitor that wants to win the game. Right. So that's not normally what you're thinking about as a coach going into it. But coaches in this league are thinking about those things. Let's let's keep this thing going. Let's make sure it's a good, good broadcast, good product. Also curious about the balance of those two. Also, what are you preparing for? You know, how much these teams know about each other? They're practicing around each other and stuff. There's surely a lot of buzz and scuttlebutt going on, but it's not like you've got film. I mean, like zero film. So there's a lot of mystery going in, and preparing for that game's got to be different than anything else. Yeah, I think there's a lot of assumptions based on the roster size of what the what teams, especially, will do defensively. Uh, more of a three-three stack because more your your more versatile players will be playing in the secondary. So expect five defensive backs uh, more so than heavy set down linemen. Uh, at least that was how several coaches were were drafting. Uh, at the draft, because you only have 38 players. Can you guys offer me some counsel on a situation I ran into coming into the building? We can try. No Um, guarantees. Look, I try to be uh, courteous, chivalrous. So I I get to the door (laughs) at the the same time as uh, a woman coming into the building. Uh, This is a bad scenario for me because I have to hold the door open for her 
But I know for a fact, after she walks in in front of me, she's going to be incredibly slow, and I'm going to have to pass her. <laughs> so it would be better if I just went in in front of her for all involved, because it would get the whole flow going. But to do the right thing, I have to hold the door open for her. But then I've got to find a course around her because, in fact, she walked incredibly slow after we're in. She comes in and she wants to case the scene. I come in and I've got to get back here. So do I just have to hold the door open for her and then fight through the current to get around her to get to where I'm going? Well, did she just stand in the doorway? Yes, as many people do, Chad. They come into a building and then they stand and assess things like, oh, which a door? building. Well, which door did you this, come in? This closest door Oh, yeah, so here. you come in and you see the kaleidoscope of moonshine. Right, and you go, yeah. ooh. And you're like, yeah, you're mesmerized you're like a kid by in a, in a toy store. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty easy just to step around her without causing a scene. There was a, some traffic. I've walked, it was I've walked past people all the time going to the door that are waiting or looking at things go, in the room. Go, go, I'm I'm filled filled you go. I'm go. filled with dread as get up, soon get as up, I Get up, get up, get up. This is a doorway area here. There's, there's movement. If you're willing to hold the door for her, I feel like you have to wait a couple of seconds to let her right. move. But see, on. what I think is like. I mean, if you're opening the door and then trying to dart around <laughs> her but while the door is closing behind her into the next door, then that's a problem. What but I thought is like, I should just go in before you. It's better yeah. for everyone in the long run. Trust me. I feel like saying that. Like, I'm going to go ahead because it's better. Trust me. I think you've raised a problem that's not really much of a problem because it's easy problem just to walk me, around someone. Me. I would understand if you opened the door for her and she just stood in the doorway and you had to hold the door forever while she stood there and looked at things and not be able to shut the door. That's a problem. That's where chivalry goes also, wrong. Well, uh, hang on, Jeff. But you could easily walk around her is, after she walks through the door. Was this woman the size of, you know, the door? Me or? No, uh, she was a moderately size, mid-sized woman. So David I feel like it's you also knew. two doors, Chad. So you got to go through the first set of doors, and you got to go through the second set of doors. Then she's got to assess. Talking thing. economy or SUV? Uh, you know, mid-size SUV. Full van, full-size no, van. No, not a van. Mid-size. Not, okay. Not a van. Reasonable uh, size. Okay. Family okay. vehicle. Reasonable, Reasonable size. Reasonable. A family vehicle. So gotcha. why, why, I mean, why, she's why, not getting married next week like half of the women in here. Why were you in such a rush, though, to get around her? Why? I'm always in a rush when I'm on the move. Yeah, he I don't like to, to go slow. Out. I want to get places. Yeah. Get here earlier. How about <laughs> well, that? Even if I was here earlier, I would want to go But he was here early. There was really no rush to run in. That's what I'm saying. You wasn't like you were walking in as the show open was playing, so there was no need to run But when I'm on the move, I want to move. I don't understand people that walk slow. I totally understand that, but as long as she didn't just stand in the doorway, if she walked into the building and then slowly was looking around, there's no problem because you could just easily walk around her. There's nothing well, again, rude about that. Again, there, there is some traffic around her. It's not like it's wide open on either side. To so pass. she had friends with her? No. Did she open the door? No, but there's there I have, are I do people have around the door. Just go to the reason. <laughs> go to I have, this door. No, go to any door in this facility other than that one. That one's that's the, the worst door. Well, yeah, because the bar is close. There's that's the bar that's, that's closest point. to the exit. You know, um, and, I come and in that door. If the you're least. doing a moonshine tasting and they have one like every ten minutes, uh, and it's packed, it, you're going to have people right there next to the door. So if you come to the next entrance, there's a ton more room to get around people. That's a very good point. I come in that door the least frequently, and I only came in that door because I parked close yeah, to that yeah. door today. And Tuesday is really the only day of the week that I might park near that door because it's the deadest day of and the building. Just your luck. You have the, the one just, yeah. midsize SUV woman who wants to stand in your way. 
This reminds me of the family family side, a family vehicle. Family this vehicle, woman. Sorry. Um, this reminds me of something that. I don't want to overrate the woman. She, she's not that. Big. I know we're exaggerating. This yeah, is something that I, that has actually happened to me quite a bit that I really appreciate that I want to acknowledge is when you are chivalrous and you open the door for someone, but you're walking into a facility where there's a line, and then they pay it forward by letting you go in front of them. You open the well, door. Beautiful. They know you were there first. You're waiting on someone to walk through. I don't happens. always How take often the spot, does that happen? but they'll offer like, no, you go ahead. What percentage of the time do you get that? Because they're acknowledging you hey, were God. here first. Hey, Lines hey, exist in society. Chad How often Withrow. do you get that? No, Chad Withrow, the man who's never getting out of a ticket. You know, oh, no one's no. ever like, you know what, Chad? No. You were in the right You've here. You've got an innocent face. I appreciate and the look, rush I, you were in. If, go if right I were ahead. ever a, but, a cop, I wouldn't let anybody out either, but, just for that very reason. But you never get out of a ticket, but yet you're the man who finds the person that allows you to go in after All you let them in. The time. All the time? What's your hit rate <laughs> on I'm not getting pulled over by enough women is the problem. I think I would what, get out of a ticket that way. What's your hit rate on that? I'd say 60 to 70%. That's very If you're walking in somewhere like a sandwich shop, you know, there's a line. You're going to get coffee. You open the door for someone... Please, after you, they walk in 60, 70% of the time for me. The woman will then say, No, you were here first. Go right ahead. Dude, that's like I'm the guy in the, the Guardians. Menu. Go ahead. You're, you're ahead of me. But that's then like all the, the guy men, in the Guardians all, right now. But all the men look around and go, Is this dude really going to take her spot? Yeah. Oh, he takes it. I'm about 50%. About half the time I will, half the time I won't. Because if I can tell that they're, they really don't know what they want and I really know what I want, then I am going to say, Oh, are you sure? I do the, hold on. It's the, it's, it's the hand. It's the quick, the, oh, you sure? Yeah, it's the two but I'm hands already out. moving. Yeah. I'm moving in front. Yeah. You make so, the one step. No, no, no. no. You sure? You sure? He's and got the 60 to 70% rate of being asked, and then 50% rate of accepting. I would yeah. also, I would you also point out. You can tell when they're not ready. If they were ready 12, to go, I wouldn't take that. 12 years ago, the first big you know, uh, controversy we had was Chad hated middle-aged women. Yeah, and, and, and now the middle-aged woman. Now, now the, that you're middle-aged, now the middle-aged woman allows him to go in front. Well, he's middle-aged now, so that <laughs> may change them. Well, those twelve years has he gotten him into middle age. He may still hate them. No, yeah. no, I, they're his people. I don't. Now. I don't know where it went south. There was something I said to on one? a show. We got a call from a woman who just berated me yeah. for something I, I said, and, and it started a real riff. <laughs> Between the middle-aged female community, have, um, have you look recovered? now as a middle-aged man? I feel like I could say that you know we're we've united, but I've always been consistent with this. Even in high school, I would oftentimes get along better with the moms as opposed to the daughters. Like all of my friends' moms love me. I'd go hang out, infiltrated, the watch family. their TV shows with them. You know, to this day, He's watching Love Boat. We've yeah. got a great new show open that if you're watching yeah. the show, you'll see it here at Sixth and Peabody, where I'm shooting basketball. Paul's playing giant Jenga. Hudson's throwing cornhole. Tom Reed's yeah. throwing a beautiful spiral. And I shoot the shot, and I said, "Yeah." And by the way, I drained this shot. First response, middle-aged woman, was from one of my best friends in high school, her mom, <laughs> Betty, who had this long post, which was beautiful, which was. Some of my favorite times in life were watching you guys play high school basketball when you were in high school, and I guarantee you that you hit that shot, and I'm thinking, this is nice. And it reminded me that there was a time when middle-aged women liked me. This might say something that time is more, long gone. It's this long might gone. say something more about Betty than about you. Well, she was – I should pull up the post that she made. I think it was on Facebook. And she responded immediately and was, just loved it. Loved the new open and loved the form. Well, we appreciate Betty's support. But we might uh, we might need to get Betty on the air for one of those classic Hutton interviews when he gets it, it uh, when fun. he gets somebody like my mom or Betty on to really we start peeling away the layers. 
Couple couple stories I hope we avoid, but other than that, I think we're good. Hutton, let's get that. Let's set that up. Let's I hope go. We're for good. It. The nervous Chad on those stories. <laughs> Chad, yeah. you go over there in the well, booth of silence. Ellie's not in here today, so I'll tell the story during the break. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to tell the story for fear of repercussions. It involves a craft scene in, in a professional <laughs> in a professional setting. <laughs> Jacob Swanson's done right, so for the let's, day now. Let's we sum- have no more camera work now the rest <laughs> yeah. of the day because Jacob Swanson's officially out after hearing well, that one. Let's summarize. If I face this situation again, I have no idea what to do. No, you, I think you handled it properly. You open and you walk around as quickly as you need to. Okay. As long as you're not just darting in the did next. Did you hit her on the way by? Because it's, a, it's like a double door walkway. I, I, I gave her a wide no, berth. No harm, no good. foul. You're good. Right. Or you could just come in the enormous garage door yeah. where there's no, well, there's a little chance that you could be impeded by someone. Well, I would have had to walk all the way down and all the way back. It would have been but you even done it, less but efficient. You, but you could have done it faster, which is what you want, apparently. It might have been even less efficient. I don't know. I have to do some equations. <laughs> Hit that algorithm. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Um, guys, it's like clockwork. No matter what the franchise is, um, who's making the hire? In the NBA, if, there is a, if, if there's an opening, the names are relatively the same every year. Well, can you just go get another team's coach now? The Lakers are just going to go hire another team's coach? Yeah, that, that's, that's, it sounds like that's what they're going to do. It, Why it, would Toronto give up their guy? Well, I mean, well, you're not going to so get huge compensation, the, are you? Now the discussion is Doc Rivers. Um, that Doc Rivers, if if Philly bows out early, uh, could be on the move back to L.A., but this time with the Lakers. Um, it's a merry-go-round. Quinn thing. Snyder is mentioned again. He's currently a head coach as well. You know who's mentioned? Jawan Howard. Yeah. As, as I was going to ask you guys, shots. what do we think of that? Jawan Howard and, and Jerry Stackhouse are the two former Jerry NBA Stack- players. Stack- Jerry Stackhouse would be there in a... He would be there in a heartbeat. He I don't think Jawan Howard they're, would be, they're mentioned in the same sentence. He does not have the resume. I mean, Jawan Howard, I could understand kind of. Jerry Stackhouse is not ready for that job, is he? I mean, what? Unless someone's just me, saying. Tell me a, what the resume would require. Well, yeah, getting yelled at by LeBron and told what to do. I mean, well, being approved by LeBron. Exactly. Would be the resume. That's all you so need. if he approves the Jerry Stackhouse, you're good. Did you see the charade that LeBron put on at his exit interview? I'm going to sit back and let the powers that be. It was kind of like saying, well, they let me control it this time and it didn't go that well. So I'm going to sit back and let the powers that be. But what I heard was, I'm going to sit back and let them decide. So if it goes wrong, I don't get I'm, blamed I'm completely washing my hands of it here. I got blamed this year I'm not for being a GM, next year. and I don't like that life. I'm not about that life. So now you get to go back to being the well, GM. And all you uh, media folks and, and uh, the population out there, NBA fans, can blame somebody else. I'm an innocent no, victim. No, it, it's, it's not about blaming someone else. It, it's the opposite. They, if they get it right, they get to keep him. He's got a year left on his contract in L.A. That's yeah, what this right. comes Audition down to. Audition for me. But I absolutely believe, even if he is going to take a step back from his role as general manager as well as team star, he is going to approve of whoever yeah, the coach is. Do you think he's capable? It's going to be his call on If it. you have that power, just imagine. Are you capable of stepping back from that? I, I can't imagine – a guy who's got any degree of alpha in him and has well, had that control you step is back capable you want, of not You step back it. if you're on the move, if you're going somewhere else. You step back because you're not going to lure a coach there that you're buddies with, that you want to coach and play for, and then leave. Yeah, but it's hard to think about two years ahead when you've got so well, much he to doesn't make up have for a, next year. LeBron does not have a no-trade clause, and he's got uh, – they, they owe him like $47 million or something. I mean – 
they they could move it. He also uh, had the comment where he was he was asked about his future, and he goes, "You know, I came to L.A. I wanted to win a championship, and we did that." Oh, God. and I was like, "Really? You're going to go to the bubble yeah. and point Fox out the Ch- bubble title?" Uh, this reminds me of Fox Tom Brady Ch- when he says, "You know, I wanted to spend time with my family, and I did. That. Yeah. I've done that, and, and I've done that five weeks later." <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of the way yeah. you said that. Well, I, and I, I've done I read that. into it Mission the same accomplished. way. I read into it the same way. He wants to be viewed as a success in L.A. despite this massive failure this year, and they. If he moves on, he's going to point that he point out that he went to LA and won a title, which he did. Just in, like it did in the, in Cleveland. In the bubble, didn't win eight in Miami like he promised, but he won there too. I mean, he's a success everywhere. Just ask him. tonight the seven eight matchups: uh, Nets and Cavs, T Wolves and Clippers. And while I won't pretend that this is some must watch, uh, I'm intrigued for the storyline of the Nets. The Nets right now in Vegas are the third. They're 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 third behind. The uh, Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks to win the title, and they're in the and, play and game right now. And they have right to now. win tonight. Yes, uh, that's that's, that's the storyline. Is there any chance that game gets delayed, gets postponed because of the situation in Brooklyn with the shooting and the subway, uh, with I, now twenty nine victims and a could. person at large? I guess in Brooklyn? it could. I haven't seen that. It's well, I know of... schools there are on lockdown. Others are being released early, uh, but I mean, bad situation where. The gunman is still out there, and yeah. uh, New York City authorities saying the security cameras didn't work in that subway, so they really don't have a good idea of the who the person is that is responsible for all of this. Yeah, I, I and they're I, in Brooklyn somewhere right now. I wouldn't want to be out and about in, in Brooklyn tonight, uh, given those circumstances, and a lot a vast majority of people coming to that game are coming you on imagine. subway. It's, it, well, it's, something that, it. it's something that appears to be a mass casualty type attempt in rush hour with a lot of people heading to Manhattan on that train. Yeah. So do you have another mass event right there in to, Brooklyn tonight You know, on, in t- before that person is apprehended, I guess is my question. And it may be a game-time decision. They may go well, right up to, to the make, start to well, see if they find the person. You have to make it a couple hours before that if he's still loose and you decide you don't want people on the subway. I mean, that that, decide that two decision needs to be happening now. Yeah. I mean, I would think so. But as, as last check, that game is still scheduled as of right now. Yeah, maybe that's maybe we get. That's stuff. a great point. Yeah, um, they shouldn't hesitate to to postpone it if if the situation remains the same. Yes, um, we'll we'll stay wired to that because that that's that's certainly a national headline on what happens with the NBA play in playing game on top of what's going on there. Uh, coming up, the the Ravens hate the new overtime rule. It's mainly John Harbaugh, and he let the NFL coaches know about it. He and says, his ownership. says he spoke up. He was very vocal about this. The Ravens also proposed an idea last year that got completely shot down. Two and votes. And they, Three votes they still love it. And they're, I think they're, you know, they're a little – they feel like they've been – ignored. You know, ignored, pushed into the corner and Not said, heard. hey, we're, we're moving on, and they wanted to – be heard and they, their, their idea did not make it very far. I've got the details of what they proposed last year and what was approved this year, and we'll compare. Also, uh, Schefter, his apologies and his bad run as of late. And Skip Holtz joins us in roughly 10 minutes. Uh, looking forward to chatting with the former college coach who now is the head coach of the Birmingham Stallions. All of that and more coming up on Outkick 360. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience, a trusted partner that keeps us at Outkick 360 mentally sharp and healthy. 
Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most. Your body. You're seeing VitaLifeScience.com right now. V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can go to receive more information. Uh, and our Outkick 3 season, uh, season ticket holders, if you're listening right now to Outkick 360, you, you receive 15% off as a discount with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks down these pills until there's little left for you to benefit from. But here's Aurora. Unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes, and that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and more. There are so many options to choose from at vitalifescience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So the Ravens proposed an overtime rule change last year that was shot down. And Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, is now anti-new overtime adjustments this year. Outkick 360 rolls on. So the, the Ravens proposed a spot-and-choose rule, and under that proposal, the team would choose the yard line where the overtime drive starts, and the other team would choose whether they want to play offense or defense. So if Team A and Team B were playing at overtime and Team A won the coin toss, they could pick any spot on the field to begin Start that first drive. And then Team B chooses... Offense, defense. It's really clever. It's just too revolutionary for the old guard. NFL. And it would be sudden death. It's just the first team right. to score. It's not just touchdown. So if you choose the, you know, your own ten yard line to start, other team's going to go on defense, right? Because right. you want the ball at last. And yeah, you're gonna. If you drove down and scored, game's over. Right. But it brings even defense, on a field goal. It brings defense into it in a different way. And it brings your confidence. So it brings your confidence level into it, uh, in terms of the yard line. I, look, it 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 really it's is. It's also a very self serving when you have Justin Tucker, yes. who's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame as your kicker. Yes. I mean, you can kick a sixty six yard field goal if you want to for yeah. the win, as opposed to a, a, a team that's you know cycled through three quick kickers. And look, this uh, Harbaugh season. would say, look, if we can make a sixty six yarder, we should win, and right. maybe that's true. I think it's it's a lot of thoughtfulness would go into it for two take the kicker out of it if you have even kickers say, um, but it's it's a very dramatic change, and the league doesn't really make dramatic changes very often. Right. This this is fifteen twenty years away from being something that would would go into practice. He's got to work people for years and years and campaign to see something like this happen. Um, and, and he said he let the owners know his feelings at the annual meeting. Including uh, his own. He said, I'm not bashful about saying that. I said in front of the whole league, I'm not for the new overtime rule. I don't think it's the answer. I think there will be a, a better way to do it at some point in time. But we did have to do something. That's kind of where we're at. This thing is still full of holes in terms of adding more plays to the game. Steve Bashotti. Where is he whenever they add the extra game, by the way, if he's worried about extra plays to a game? It might have been against the. We don't know for sure. But Bashadi, his owner, 
joined and voted in favor of, uh, you know, almost everybody did, three teams didn't, uh, the, the rule as accepted at this last owner's meeting. And he, he made it clear, Harbaugh said that he was against his owner on this, you know, go, going that direction. He would have preferred he vote against it. Well, the Ravens, they, they, they had three total votes. And Cincinnati, you had to have going. 24 to get it approved. It was nowhere close. I mean, they, the owners hated the rule. Um, but Harbaugh, and this wasn't on the table this year. This was on the table last right, right. year. Right, right. And got, had no steam. And then this year, uh, there was a short discussion, and it was pushed through on the new overtime rule where both teams will possess the football in overtime for the postseason. This is not some dramatic departure or change. Paul, you mentioned no. they don't like dramatic changes in the NFL rules. I understand that. This is not some dramatic change. What they're, what doing. they're doing. Yeah, oh, what no. they're doing it's, now. It's the least dramatic right. possible. They like the, to dip the their option. toes in the water and not jump off the high yeah. dive when Increme- it comes to rule Incremental change, change is, yes. is the way the NFL plays it. Um, Lakers head coaching candidates, by the way, uh, with Frank Vogel being out, <laughs> is uh, you've got your, your typical guys that are still in the league, and then you have like Mike Brown, for instance, who used to coach LeBron. It's the same names, Chad, just sprinkled in, and just they just rinse and repeat across the entire league. It's unbelievable. I mean, it is. It's Supreme Court justice level. It's lifetime appointment. You get that gig, and you do moderately well the first go around. Is even if you don't do moderately well, you're going to get at least one more crack at it. And then if if you do well, you get jobs. It's um, that simple. Have we reached a stage where Calipari stops getting mentioned? Well, at least, this not the, being at least for this, for this one, right? one. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, this is the Lakers, and they're looking at Mike Brown and Quinn Snyder. This is a Lakers job. Is this If he doesn't get mentioned for this, are we done mentioning Calipari to the NBA? Maybe Coach K will finally take this job after flirting with the idea years ago. Maybe he'll come out of retirement for this I one. I still look at the Lakers like I always have. Should I not? Like I, <laughs> I don't know why. I think less. I, I mean, the, the thing here is like – is there prestige to being the Lakers head coach? It doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, there should be. Well, oh, yeah. Well, if they get the right guy, I mean, I think the Lakers' job could lure the right guy. Coach K will be mentioned because he's retiring. He could have had the Lakers' job in 2004 and chose not to do that. So I think that's a long shot. I would go college. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes it interesting is if you lure somebody from college. Well, Otherwise, seen, it's one of these guys you're talking about. You huh? know, we saw success at the international level when they go with a college coach uh, for Team USA. Uh, Billy Donovan has been right. successful. Right. It, it doesn't always work out. You know, Beeline uh, John Beeline was terrible. Terrible. But he also got there and realized this isn't for me. Right. And he got out quickly and, and left the Cleveland I think Cavaliers. he realized he didn't have the control. Yeah. Didn't have the control. It wasn't, it wasn't his scene. But... I mean, you throw out names like Juwan Howard and Jerry Stackhouse. I don't think Jerry Stackhouse has done enough yet to earn that consideration. But Jerry Stackhouse is probably a better NBA coach than college. Yeah, and, and Juwan Howard may be the same. And Juwan Howard's been a really, really good to great college basketball head coach so I think far. Patrick Ewing would – I mean, he's not in the position to get it now either, but he would be a better NBA coach than a college coach. And he, and he paid the dues. I mean, he's been on – uh, number two, number three guys on NBA benches. Skip Holtz is the head coach of the Birmingham Stallions, and they kick off the USFL season, the inaugural season for the new USFL, this Saturday, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central in Birmingham. 
as the Stallions will take on the New Jersey Generals in a game that will be broadcast live on Fox and NBC. The USFL is back, and Skip Holtz is the head coach of Birmingham who is excited to uh, be there. Uh, boots on the ground. He's always the home team. That's got to be something cool. Uh, and was very cool with us whenever we were there for the USFL draft. Coach Holtz, hope you're doing well. Doing great, thank you. How are you guys doing today? We we are wonderful. You were as energetic as any coach there whenever I was uh, at the draft. Uh, now, a, a month and a half later, how do you feel as you, you're on the now the doorstep of kicking off things for the first time in this league? probably have more energy than I did then. The only problem is it's nervous energy now because <laughs> I'm, I'm not real sure what this product will look like. At the beginning, I think it was all gung-ho. Now I think it's a little bit of nervous energy, but really, really proud of what these players have done, the way they've worked over the last three weeks. And, you know, trying to put a football team together in three weeks is not an easy proposition. You know, I've had I've had eight months to do it when you get to go through winter workouts and spring ball and summer conditioning and fall camp for a month to really put the the, the relationships, the bonds, and bring everybody together. But uh, this has been definitely been a challenge. It's been different for me with the limited numbers. You're used to walking out to practice with 120 players, and now you're walking out there with 45. I mean, obviously, you can't go as long as you did in college, but it's presented some challenges for me. Uh, but the coaches have been great, especially dealing with guys like Jeff Fisher, Mike Riley, and so many of these guys that have, whether they've been in the NFL, some of the different spring leagues, Todd Haley has been great to work with. Uh, they've been really helpful, but love the attitude of the players. And that's probably the thing that I've taken away from this the most is just the players, their attitude. They want to be good. They're trying to get film. They want to get on the field. I mean, you say something in a meeting and everybody grabs their notebook and just starts writing furiously. Um, I think it's been a lot of fun for me, and I've really enjoyed being around these guys and really excited to see what's going to happen. I, my biggest question mark right now with the job that Fox, NBC, and everybody's doing, the production is going to be off the charts. And I'm glad we had a, we had a dry run scrimmage on Thursday. And, I mean, there are two sky cameras zooming around. There's a drone on the ground flying around guys' heads. Um, there is the – the in-look or the, the look that people are going to have into the huddle, into the headsets, into what everybody's doing right now, I think is going to be, the production is going to be like nothing that's ever been done before. And so I'm really excited to see that. I'm just hoping our players can stay focused on what happens in between the lines and not get caught up in the circus and the production that's going on all around them. And Coach, you just talked about it. Three weeks to get a team ready to play. And we talked about in our first segment today the balancing act of, and you want your players to worry about what happens between the lines, but you're worried about being a competitor, coaching a team to win a game, calling a game, but also providing a, a product out there. You know, going into this with a lot of, of unknowns with this team and wanting to put on a good show, being the first of its kind in the first game of the, the return of the USFL, how difficult is that balance for you? You know, well, hey, what a what an incredible honor to have the opportunity to kick this thing off. You know, on night one, I think I probably feel more pressure about the weight of putting a product on the field right now. But honestly, I think it's it's exciting to me. It's exciting, an incredible opportunity uh, for us to 
and put our best foot forward, you know, trying to eliminate, making sure it's not pre-snap penalties, jumping off sides, doing those type of things where you're going backwards and just making sure that these players have an opportunity to go out and show what they can do with their talents and abilities. So um, for me, I look at it as a great challenge, but also an incredible opportunity for the exposure that we're going to receive. But I think when you look at the product, as you talk about, I mean, there are eight head coaches here that all have been around this game for a long time. And, you know, <laughs> excuse me, college guys like Larry Fedora um, with Kevin Sumlin, myself, but also a great mix of guys that have been head coaches and the Jeff Fishers and the Todd Haley's and the Mike Riley's. So uh, I think you've got a lot of coaches that know what this product's going to look like. And everybody's been working hard the last three weeks to try and bring this team together as much as we can to, to put a product on the field that's going to be exciting. Uh, that this production, we just want to match the production that's being put on with the, with the game. <laughs> Excuse me. I know uh, you might have some inclinations as to what a Mike Riley team will look like with the Jersey Generals, but beyond that, is this the game in your career where you go in maybe most blind as to what your opponent is going to do? Not, with, not not knowing their people, not knowing what they're going to bring at you with zero film? Yeah, you don't know if you're going to get three down, four down, uh, all man, blitz, heavy pressure. If you're going to get, you know, one high, two high, you don't know if they're going to have a fullback in the backfield, if they're going to be an empty set, if they're going to – you just – you have no idea. And that's why you know, John Chavis, our defense coordinator, keeps saying, Coach, what do you need? And I said, give me whatever you have. I, I don't know what we're going to get, so I need to see it all. I mean, throw the kitchen sink at us, and I don't want to know what's coming. I mean, we, we're going to have to react. We're going to have to we're going to have to be able to make adjustments on game day with whatever that gets thrown at us. And, you know, they're in the same boat. I mean, we're trying to watch a little bit of film, uh, maybe from Coach Riley's past. I'm sure they're watching film on my past and Coach Chavis's past. But really, when you draft your team – uh, you get an injury, and with your limited numbers, it may take a certain formation out. I mean, it may the the depth that you have on your football team may dedicate or may predict what you're going to have to do as an offense or a defense. So, I think we all are just going to have to, as I've told our staff, keep your knees bent, stay flexible. Let's make sure that we're ready to handle anything that gets thrown at us. So, we're trying to cover it all, but at the same time, I think this is going to come down to more: what can we execute? as a football team after watching us practice and where our talents and abilities are more than it's going to be. Let's go attack our opponent. Skip Holtz, our guest. He's the head coach of the Birmingham Stallions. They kick off the USFL season this Saturday, 730 Eastern on Fox and NBC against the New Jersey Generals. Coach, you're also limited on the number of coaches you have. How many are going to be up top versus on the field with you? Um, we will have three coaches up top and five down on the field. So I'll have on both sides of the ball, we'll have two down and one. there's three full-time coaches on each side of the ball. And then we have um, a fourth coach on each side that's helping us. And so we'll have two down and one up uh, on both sides of the ball. And then we'll have a special teams up and down. So that's how we're going to allocate our eight coaches. Five will be on the field. Three will be in the box. The one thing when you start to look at technology that I've never had, um, DV Sport has been awesome to work with. Uh, with this league, we're going to have iPads on the field, which I've never had that access before. So you're going to have live film on the field that you're going to be able to watch. So everybody on the field is still going to get the sky view. So I don't know that the box is going to be as important as it is maybe in college where you don't have any of the technology to turn and help you out on game day. 
that I think the league has done a really nice job of putting so much of the technology in place that even though we may not have as many coaches, uh, we've got technology to give us the ability to do the jobs we need to do and make the adjustments we need to make on game day. Coach, this is your first time coaching professional football, but I feel like there has to be some similarities when you coach at UConn or you coach at East Carolina or South Florida or Louisiana Tech to get some hard scrabble players that are trying to make their way. And that's what this league consists of. That's what your roster consists of. Are there some similarities with coaching where you've coached in college football as a head coach and now coaching in the USFL? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, coach, coaching is coaching. I mean, there's some things that are different. Uh, when you start to look at the time, you know, in college, you have them. Friday night and you have Friday night football and you bring everybody together and they play cards and you give them a snack and you spend the night in the hotel. And I mean, we've got them in a very controlled environment. When you start talking about professional football, I mean, you practice and you turn them free. Many of these guys are going to go home to their wives or their families, you know, and then show up on game day and get ready to perform. So there's some differences, but when you're sitting in the meeting coaching ball, it's still coaching ball. They want to get better. They want to, they want to be as good as they can be. They're, they're like sponges. I mean, like I said, everything you say, they're just, they're, they're writing everything down. I even got to say to them sometimes, don't write this down. I'm going to give it to you in, <laughs> in a handout. You don't have to write down every word. Um, probably the biggest challenge that I'm having is getting used to the speaker system. So I keep calling plays, but I don't push the button down. The quarterbacks are on the field throwing their hands up like coach. We, <laughs> We can't have, oh yeah, I'm sorry. I got to push that button so you can hear me. I'm going to have to tape that thing down so I don't forget to hear it. We'll get, we'll get a couple of delayed games because I'm calling plays without using the headset system. So, but it has been, it's been enjoyable for me. And I really, I've had, I've had a blast. I mean, getting to know these guys, you get to know them personally, you get to know their stories, some of the trials and tribulations they've been through to get to this point. What's their why? What are their goals? Why do they do what they do? Uh, it's still about dealing with people. And we're just trying to make these guys as good as they can be and put the best foot forward so the product on the field can be something that everybody's going to be excited about. So I'm, I'm really curious about this because Chad and I uh, recorded a show during the fall where we were mic'd up on Friday nights across the SEC. And consciously, I'm always thinking about wearing a mic during that show. Um, it was more of a reality-based program are, are you always thinking about everyone that's tuned in can hear what you're saying and and do you think you'll get over that well I, I'm, I'm gonna have to you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to because that's you know I would imagine that every play we call is going to go on the airways I would yeah. imagine everything today is going to go on the airways and um you know while we've been in our meetings here I mean there have been some intense moments you know in a meeting sure. room but at uh, the same time, I know that there is a show going out that's going to be like a hard knocks of the USFL. I, I just hope I don't make any of the low light cuts. <laughs> you know, when, when you have team meetings or when you have position meetings, that like I said, there's anytime you put this many guys and you put them in a room, there's some intense moments, but there's been some great moments, and so uh, I'm sure it's going to come across great. But you better be you better be aware that the cameras are always on because they are, and I know that. I've lived in a world in college football where we live kind of behind a wall, so to speak, where we are protected somewhat. And what's said in team meetings, what's said in meeting rooms, what's said on your headsets. I mean, all of a sudden that's not, um, that's not for public, that's not for public display. Well, all of a sudden it is. 
And I remember I went to a NASCAR event where you can tune in to the drivers and have them talk into their pits. Yeah. And that was an eye-opening experience for me. And I'm sure that's probably next on the agenda for everybody in the stands to be wearing headsets, tuning in to the different teams <laughs> on their headsets and what they're saying. But uh, we're certainly going to be live. And it is, uh, it's going to be different, but I better get pretty used to it because it's happening. How do you like the idea of uh, uh, first down uh, spot being uh, challenged or third down spot uh, being measured and uh, looking looking at the technology of uh, of a chip in the ball as as compared to old fashioned chain gang? Well, I think it's certainly going to speed up the game. I mean, if we have technology, we might as well go ahead and use it. And uh, you know, I think this is one of the things that we've always talked about. We are creatures of habit. You know, we've always done it this way. So why would we change? But you know, if we did that, we never, we never would, we wouldn't be on airplanes right now. We'd still be riding on horseback, you know? And so I, I think with what we're doing, I think the technology is there and I think it's great that we're going to have the opportunity to experience it. I think there's some rules in this game that are going to make the games more exciting. I think the, the three point play, having the opportunity to go fourth and 12 after you scored a kill rather than kick an on. Uh, I, I think there's some exciting things that are going on in this league that I think are going to make the game competitive. Uh, I'm going to make it more for a thing. I always talked about basketball. I mean, you could be down 10 with two minutes to play. You're still in it. You know, in football, when you're down 10 with two minutes to play, uh, you got a pretty hard time coming back. But I think with some of the rules that they're putting in this game, it is going to make it a 60-minute game. You're going to have to play all the way to the final whistle. And so I think it's going to be exciting. I think the technology involved, and I think, most importantly, probably the exposure and the view, uh, really the insight that the general fan is going to have the opportunity to get by watching one of these USFL games, I think is going to be awesome. I don't know that anything like this has been done before. Coach, congrats on uh, getting to the week of, of the kickoff. We're, we're looking forward to, to being a, a part of the coverage throughout the season. Uh, this won't be the, the last time we chat with you. Best of luck on Saturday. Without a doubt, I appreciate y'all having me today and really looking forward to Saturday. Thanks for having me on right. today, guys. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate Skip it. Skip Holtz uh, there has been our guest, head coach of the Birmingham Stallions. Kickoff 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on Fox and NBC as Birmingham takes on New Jersey for the first game of the USFL season. Coming up, some headlines and some sad news to report uh, with a comedian passing away. We'll, we'll pass that along to you next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Our thanks to Skip Holtz for joining us. Outkick 360 rolls on. Uh, rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried, who passed away at the age of 67. His family has posted that on his official Twitter account. Uh, known for the unmistakable voice, laugh, as loud of a laugh as you could come up with for any human being in comedy. Um, an Affleck commercial, the uh, Aladdin is what I'll remember him for as well. Uh dead at the age of 67 after a long extended illness. He did some magnificent 
promos for MTV, early, early, early MTV when it was a music channel. And one of them I always remember was uh, he made it like he was the guy that, that uh, came up with the Who's name. No, no, not the what, the Who. And another thing, at the end of the show, smash your instruments. Rem- Trust me, I, the kids I, will go wild. I remember it. Um, I remember him. Hutton, you might remember this era as well. He was in Problem Child. In oh, the yeah. early, is 1990 was the movie. I yeah. remember that was one of my, I was eight years old watching that, one of my favorite movies as a kid, and he was Mr. Peabody uh, in Problem Child. Um, yeah, sad. Bob pretty Saget. Damn funny. I feel like Bob Saget, Gilbert Gottfried, kind of the same ilk yeah. of uh, comedian, of era, of age, and uh, both gone close to each other. So, very sad. And he, he was, Paul, you were saying he'd been sick for a long time. Well, I don't know if it's been extended sickness, but I know he'd spent some time. Well, it in says in all the reports a, a prolonged illness after yeah. a long illness. Yeah, Howard Stern had talked about it uh, a, a decent deal. I'm sure he'll pay him a big well, tribute because he was a big part of that show for a long stretch. The picture that's going around, too, Louis Anderson was the other one I was thinking oh, about that yeah. passed away recently. And a lot of people showing a selfie, someone taking a photo. We can post this also of Bob Saget holding out his phone, taking a selfie with Louis Anderson and Gilbert Gottfried, and what looks like it was pretty recent, the three of them together, and uh, all passing away here in the last few months. Pretty strong trio. Yep. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, coming up throughout the show, the NBA is soon going to have a team in Las Vegas. The A's may not be the major league team that ends up in Vegas. We've got details on both of those. That's in hour number three of today's show, but we... Start hour number two with John McClain. NFL headlines, and that means we're talking NFL draft just around the corner. The top storylines, speaking of Vegas, going to Vegas for the NFL draft. John McClain's got those and much more straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us across the Outkick Network.